All right, guys, welcome back to the podcast. We were going to get to the President's Cup debrief of Kyle Porter here shortly. But before that, speaking of the President's Cup, Callaway had more staffers and drivers in play than any other equipment company during the President's Cup. Fall golf is here, and there's still time to get fit for the Epic, which was the number one selling driver all year long. Uh, And additionally, please make sure you guys are checking out uh, Scratch's Adventures in Golf. The second episode of the new season takes documentary filmmaker Eric Anders Lang to a sheep farm in Minnesota. These guys continue to crush it with this series. Uh, for now, let's get to Kyle Porter. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast, episode 100. We are keeping it 100. We made it. No better way to celebrate number 100 than the guy that I think has been on the record amount of times, Kyle Porter. We bring you in for the big gun events. I I don't. I'm not positive if we should be bringing you in for a President's Cup recap. Uh, Rory was coming for me there with with the podcast number over the first hundred. I. I uh... I just typed out a bunch of uh, the the hundred emojis to you earlier today. I was fired up to to be back. I think this is my what what is this like thir- 12, 13, something like that. I think it is might be thirteen. I lost track there for a little while. Yeah, I did too. Um, we could have taped this on like Thursday night after the Presidents Cup ended, but we waited until Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> all right, this is this was the what I wrote down to do. I want to do all positive stuff first with the president's cup because everyone's okay. going to do a podcast that yeah. comes out Monday and it's just going to be tearing down the president's cup. And the yeah. more that I actually watched it, the more I'm kind of, I'm not going to say like I'm on board, but I, 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 it's not, it's not as bad as probably I made it seem on Twitter and how as bad as most people made it seem on Twitter. So, right. Uh, what do you, what do you, what were some positive takeaways you took from this past four, this four day experience? Uh, well, the first one, and you tweeted about this and, and I experienced it as well. Saturday afternoon was, was awesome. Like the the yeah. matches on Saturday afternoon were um, were tremendous, and you know, and and like you said, people are going to reference. Like, I mean, it's just the same old thing. Like, international team needs to be deeper and and whatever. But to me, the the real kind of story here, and and this will be oversold and overwrought, and all the overs that it can be, is that the United States has uh, implemented uh, sort of this infrastructure that is setting it up for long-term success in, in international team play. And it, it happened <laughs> from all people, but from Phil Mickelson back in 2014. And so you have that part of it, but they also got, they kind of hit the jackpot with the Daniel Burgers, the Brooks Kepkas, um, the, the obviously uh, Spieth and Reed and, and all these young guys that are really great. So to me, that was sort of a. This week was sort of a continuation of that. Um, but as for the the on course play, I, I I tweeted this. Ricky Fowler and Justin Thomas together is is awesome. Like I love that pairing together. Spieth and Reed, they did their thing and whatever. DJ Kepka, I love that DJ's time kind of gets split between Kepka and and Kucher and. And whoever, so I, I feel like you have some real, just as the, as the European side does, you have some real um, legitimate 
pairings going forward into these into these team events. This is why our episodes are the worst, because the first thing I wrote down was how impressed I was with the captaincy, the pairings, and I wrote down JT, Rick, Spieth, Reed, DJ Kepka, <laughs> and DJ Cooch. Because, I mean, it, it, what you said, though, makes perfect sense. Like We, we were kind of craving this consistency with the, with yeah. the team, and, I, and I'm watching the, the, all the captains sit there making the picks, and again, it's a President's Cup, but the results of it doesn't really matter that much. Honestly, if the U.S. team lost this event, there'd be no panic on my end. There's not like I just don't have there's not that much competitive stake in it but I just it, I enjoyed watching that kind of operation and watching Tiger be so involved with it and and kind of Stricker turned to Tiger with like asking for a, a affirmation on the final selections and how yeah. they just kind of seemed to have had this 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 whole thing planned out there was never I mean there was no reason to panic because they were smashing them but I honestly just feel, and we were texting about this in our group, and I think, yeah, by about minute 14 of this, we're going to turn it into a Ryder Cup preview, but <laughs> it just gives you such such confidence going forward that these guys have at least, they have a lot more talent than they had three years ago, five years ago, all that, um, and now they kind of have the leadership that 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 consistency with it and it's it's not going to be a Tom Watson that's going to come in rogue and kind of blow things up and the players are involved in the process and just kind of how that whole operation worked I was impressed with how it worked at Hazeltine I kind of was I was I was skeptical with getting that many kind of big name guys in a room there on a team together coming to the proper conclusions and they they seem to do it and these guys seem to get along and we see Phil and Tiger hugging on the 18th green today and I mean it's I don't know I think there's just so much so many reasons to be encouraged and I mean I couldn't I was I was before the final putt drop ready to trash talk team Europe for, for next year. But I mean, I was just, that was just, that was fun to watch. And you know, Rory asked on the pod if I was excited for the president's cup. And I said, no, but I was excited to see this U S team, see how they got on. And that's exactly what it ended up being. And the president's cup itself did not really deliver, but the team did. And that was, that was fun to watch. Well, and you've gotten, you've gotten some consistency with your, with your leadership, right? It's not like, I feel like, all these events used to be like, oh, well, this guy used to be like a great player, so let's bring him in, and maybe he'll be a good captain. And it's like, no, they did. You have to have some sort of uh, philosophical consistency with your people, and they now have that with your Davis Love, your Jim Furyk, and I think kind of the the underground take that may or may not be true is that Tiger and Phil are just running everything. <laughs> like, like I, one of my favorite lead-ins to this President's Cup was that um, Phil was, like, it was uh, up for debate whether or not he was going to be a captain's pick. Come on. Like, <laughs> Phil's, Phil's not going to be left off of a, a, a t- one of these teams, no matter how he plays during the season, until he's, like, 58. Like, he, he's just going to – and he shouldn't. He's three, he was 3-0-1 uh, this, this President's Cup. Not that the President's Cup yep. record means that much. But I, I just – I don't know. There's consistency with the leadership, and um, – it, it, it does. Somebody on Twitter said this. It might have been. It might have been Shipnuck. Like they've kind of stolen what the Europeans have done, and, and they've made it their own. And they have the guys to do it now. It doesn't mean anything if you don't have right. players, but they have the players to do it. And I, I, I don't. I mean, it's it's. Uh, it seems set for the long term. Yeah, and I, I mean, again, going back to like the, the the Presidents Cup itself, you know, we kind of joke about it as fans a bit, and you know, whatever the U.S. is ten one and one in the event or whatever it is, 
but the players seem to love it. And to, you know, talking to some of the guys, like they they do get up for it. Again, not necessarily the competition and the rivalry, but those guys had fun this week. It might have been attributed to the, the beatdown that they put on them. But, I mean, just watching those guys at, at the press conferences and watching them cheer. And for some guys, it's their, like there were six what six presidents cup rookies like i can't i have trouble counting like kepka as a rookie in this event um which i heard he was left off the 2015 team i forget uh how that went down but um <laughs> like just seeing thomas and Berger, kind of their first team event how much they got into it how much they just delivered the energy and treated it like it was a Ryder Cup from an emotional standpoint. Like Patrick Reed, like DJ, they were not letting out the loose, the crazy Ryder Cup celebrations. They're like, come yeah. on, guys, this is we've, – we've been on the big show. But JT and Berger, they, they were jacked up. That was, that was fun to watch. Like, it really was. And then, yeah, like I said, that Saturday afternoon, once, we, once the result was over – those matches were lit. Like they were really good matches. Again, it didn't have an impact on the final score, but man, I wish somebody was there to see my reaction when Lahiri Tiger oh my pointed gosh. at the cup. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was, you know, he like, I, I, okay. So my, my wife and kids are, they're out of town for the week. So I'm basically by myself, live blogging, tweeting this thing. <laughs> And I started looking around in my house, like, did, is there any, like, did anyone in the neighborhood see Honorable Lahiri go full, like, emphatic at 2000 Tiger pointing at the cup and, and fist pumping? And it's like, you guys are, you guys are down like, like 10. Like, what, what? It was, it was, uh, it was, it, I loved it. It was incredible. And oh, I love on it. Top of, oh, on yeah. top of that, you got, uh, you got Siwoo Kim going full Patrick Reed on Sunday. Da- not only was his team down 11, he was down uh, two <laughs> was in his down. match and ended up being the losing the losing point for the U.S. team to clinch. He doesn't he doesn't care. He, that guy wins the Players no. Championship by three, and I don't even think I heard him talk that week. And then this week he's like out of his mind. It, I thought it was awesome and good for those guys. Oh, it was like, great. Those those matches are a big deal to them, especially being Siwoo Kim's first time. But I'm with you on Berger and Thomas. It, it was cool to see those guys jacked, um, you know, jacked up for the event. And dude, Thomas is a badass. You know, like he he is. I mean, obviously, Player of the Year, FedEx Cup, PGA Championship. But I don't know. It, he he is uh, he's awesome, and he's going to be a lot of fun to watch in Paris. And Johnny made a great point on the broadcast, and it's something I've always been impressed with when it comes to him, was how good he is at reading greens. And really, he scares the hole so often. And at one point, Johnny was critiquing the manner in which the ball went in the hole. He said, yeah, he makes a lot of putts like on the side of the hole. Yeah. Like, really, we are now critiquing (laughs) critiquing (laughs) the entry point of which he makes the ball go in the hole. That's, uh, but back that's to Lahiri, next, I, 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 I have to give props because he, halfway through his first round, which I think was Friday, he, like Nick Price tried to like console him in the fairway. He was playing so bad. And he like oh stiff-armed Nick Price. He like waved him off. Like, I don't want to talk to anyone. And after that, he have the match, um, or let's see, did he win the match? Did he win the, the, win the afternoon match yesterday? Or no, he had, they halved it, right? Yeah, he, he went 1-1-1. One, one and one. No, they won. They won on afternoon four ball. Then he won the last two holes today in singles to go one one and one, which yeah. might have been the best record on the uh, on the international team for all I can tell. But it was he played best. really well. And those guys, 
they treated oh well sorry someone actually uses facts uh, but he uh he played his ass off it was that was awesome to watch i did get called a racist for making fun of him for pointing at the cup which was which was fun but um it was it was just too funny yeah it was a very reasonable response but um (laughs) that was just the that was the greatest moment and the siwoo kim thing today man we just erupted i was watching with my dad we just like erupted in laughter it It was so good so uh yeah Um, it it was awesome i like also like the thursday start you know, rather than the Friday doing 36 holes, Saturday 36 holes like the Ryder Cup, I like breaking the first two sessions into Thursday, Friday. What do you think? Uh, I actually wish they would flip the <laughs> the President's Cup and Ryder Cup and make the Ryder Cup Thursday through Sunday. It feel, the Ryder Cup last year, it just felt – I mean, you and I could do 10 podcasts about that Ryder Cup, but it's oh, we so – will. Con- oh, we will. It's, it's so condensed, and it's so – there's so much intensity. It's like we need we need some time to just like breathe and think, you know. And and maybe that's part of it. Maybe maybe that's part of why the Ryder Cup's great. But I I I'm with you in that I I wish that it was it was spaced out more. And yet with the Presidents Cup, it felt like and and especially this year, if you had a better cup, it would be different. But it was like, oh my gosh, I just want this to be over with, you know. And, and so right. so yes, I think ultimately I, I'm with you. I wish that it was thursday through sunday i mean it's only it's it's the it, it, these events are only once every two years and you shouldn't try to make them you should try to make them as many days as possible instead of uh, as few so I, I agree with you on that i also love how they do the pairings where it's kind of like it's it's alternating yeah. and you can in some capacity match up guys against each other i think that'd be fascinating for the Ryder cup rather than blind commit i mean come on there's there's a lot more strategy element that goes into you know when you actually pair them up against each other battleship style i just want that dynamic again of big cats sitting up there with furic and stuff for the pairings next year i think that'll be fascinating so those are the two cha- two things i would bring from the president's cup to the Ryder cup so i th- um, i think it's as see, close see how positive we are I know it's as close as any event will ever get to your dream of the uh, the match play, where, where everybody gets in a room and and, uh, yeah. and and the number one guy gets to call out who he wants to play in the first round. <laughs> That'll never happen, I, th- I don't think, until you're commissioner of the PGA Tour. Um, but I need to talk. This to is Keith this Pelly. is close Keith, enough. Keith- Keith Pelly would green like that in a heartbeat. Anything that you throw at the European tour, they put into play like within the next three days. So, um, I th- I think I, I think, think uh, Keith Pelly I think Keith Pelly would green light our idea of uh, making players choose media members to play the event for them. That would be if 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 the gap gets if the lead gets too big. That should be a rule. Like there should have had to have been. Yeah. All, we we should have to play alternate shot with like Kevin Kisner today. That would have made it a lot more entertaining. <laughs> Which I was going to ask you, which, which player would you most on the on the American side would you most want to play with? Um, I don't know, probably Phil. I think that'd be just so much fun to do the three amigos dance with them when we lose six and five on the twelfth green or whatever. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I'm pretty sure the event was played uh, in a location near Manhattan. Was that's the, that's the vibe I got from the broadcast? Was that uh, is that did you pick up on that? So, uh, part of me feels bad for. I mean, the, we, you, you know, we talked to Shane Bacon, and these guys are on the air for forever, and they got to talk. They got to fill up stuff, and it, it's it's legitimately hard. And the other part of me is like. 
we got we gotta find something else to talk about like you and you and i were texting about this like throw it to bones just let him just riff on like guys hitting you know pell's nine irons or or whatever like i, I just um yeah it, it was uh it was not good they took a ferry i don't know if you heard that there was a ferry involved. they did well, here's the thing, though. Like that, a lot of that stuff was actually really cool, and I get I, I, the skyline shots and stuff were tremendous. The ferry aspect is pretty awesome. It just got rammed down our throats so much. And again, I know we're the people that watched almost every minute of this thing for some reason, and and you know the casual viewer may not see it if they tune in every other hour. I, I get that, but. Um, I don't know. Th- that whole idea, though, that you need to be talking about something all the time just kind of gets lost on me because I- I- I'd be fine just kind of letting the coverage drift from shot to shot with I don't need a lot of you know people talking about what's going on. It's not hard to see, you know, speed is putting for birdie. It's to have the hole. Like, I-, I don't need a ton of explanation behind that. And for the amount of shots that were missed doing a lot of fluff stuff and commercials, and we'll get into the broadcast a bit later, but uh, I don't know. I just think that, you know, priority over showing golf shots versus kind of cramming the narratives down it just has like that i don't know just that forced narrative stink to it that it, they kind of ruined it because like like they said the shot they honestly the shots at the skyline and stuff and that that setting was pretty amazing with with the statue of liberty there and all that so yeah i did think that was, was cool they just kind of rammed it all right guys a quick break to remind you that we with our friends at callaway are giving away a set a full set of epic irons custom fitted to anyone in the world there's no restrictions on your geographical location for this contest all you have to do is subscribe to the no laying up youtube channel we're going to be really increasing the amount of video work that we're going to be doing in the coming year we want to make sure you guys see all that and leave your best comment on one of our videos do something funny don't Go, don't go on there and ask for the irons. I will promise you that is the selection that will not get picked. But screenshot your comment and then email the screenshot to epicirons at nolangup.com. Uh, the de- these details are uh, the pinned tweet on our Twitter profiles. So go check those out. Uh, get to this here quickly. Uh, we're going to be choosing a winner shortly. But I uh, want again emphasize that we're going to be doing a lot more video stuff. And uh, we want you guys to see it. I thought the most compelling part of the, the broadcast all week actually was... Uh, with Spieth uh, getting getting the the penalty on Saturday for for picking up Ustazen's ball, and then uh, and then Big Cat marching in with his uh, with his earpiece and like he was like you know on <laughs> on like a like a Call of Duty mission. And uh, th- by the way, did you see the rules official say I'm not talking to you? This is between me and Jordan. Yeah, I did see that, that and that guy's flo- guy floating in the Hudson somewhere. By the way. <laughs> That was unbelievable! Like, get out of here, Tiger! Like, yeah, it was that. That part of it was great, but I thought that was the most maybe dramatic, compelling thing that happened maybe the entire week. This might surprise you. Uh, I thought that ruling was like spot on. Really? Yeah, I, I think the rule states that that you can't touch a, an opponent's ball in motion. There's nothing within the rule that says like, and it's impossible to kind of write the rule to say. You know that the the ball is clearly not going in the hole, or it doesn't matter. Like you can't, you just can't touch. I think that's pretty cut and dry. You can't touch an opponent's ball while it's in motion, and they'd have to write the rule very specifically for that exact situation for that to not be the rule. And I just think that the the, the ref properly applied the rule without a doubt, if you ask me. Yeah, that that yeah, that, I mean that's a that's a compelling argument because you know when you apply. Yeah, when you apply rules to, you can't just like in, Let's set in the, the moment. Scene, though, it, for it, everyone that didn't see it, 
let's set the scene for people that didn't see it. Like uh, the internationals were already in for a three on the twelfth hole, right? I think it was twelfth hole, yeah, par four. And yeah. Louis was chipping for three for some reason, or putting for three. I don't even remember exactly why he no, was. I, I I think he was chipping for eagle, right? Oh, he was in. They're in for. You're right. You're right. Okay, he was chipping for eagle, but they were already in for three, so the next shot didn't matter. His shot rolls past the hole. It's about to roll in the water, and Spieth said, like you know, guys were they were almost cheering for the ball to. The crowd was like cheering for the ball to go in the, in the. Uh, in the water and he's just like i'm picking this up because this is kind of stupid uh, which is a, a, a reasonable reaction from speed but again you just can't touch an opponent's ball that's in motion so i think the ref properly applied the rule could they rewrite the rule sure but i don't i can't remember this rule ever coming up so it's hard for me to sit here and grandstand and say how could this be a rule i didn't when i didn't even like know this was a rule so i, I don't know i didn't my, think it was my- that big of a deal and I just wish it would it would happen like in the heat of like Sunday singles matches at the Ryder Cup next year. Like it's tied like thirteen <laughs> all, and that comes up. That would be that'd be fantastic. I just didn't. I just I, I, I'm a bit, I'm a speed fan. That shouldn't be go without saying. But I just didn't like how that whole thing went down. I didn't I didn't like his reaction to it and how he was kind of getting upset at the official and. And I was just like, uh, the guy. The guy called the rule on you, and you you clearly broke it. I don't know. I just that didn't that didn't sit great with me. And mm-hmm. I get that that's kind of competitive juices and whatnot, but uh, I don't know. The whole thing felt kind of like, felt kind of weird. Well, there was a great moment that I I don't know if anybody noticed, but um, so all the players are standing around the official, and and Cat's there with his with his uh, microphone and earpiece and and whatever, and. Uh, Ustazen and Reed kind of got into this like back and forth and I don't I don't really know what it was about I think on another hole like one of them had picked up Reed's ball or some something had happened and they were they were talking and it picked it up and at the very end Reed just rolled his eyes like he couldn't believe that they were <laughs> you know that that Ustazen would would try to come at him at, at this you know at this in on a, his home in a match play in, event in America. yeah yeah exactly so <laughs> Uh, that was uh, that was an unintended benefit that we got out of all that. Yeah, I did see the little eye roll from Reed in that, and that was yeah, that was just a, we- a weird scene. It was didn't end up being that big of a deal, but uh, yeah. Uh, and one thing also, I just wanted to note that uh, that you know, I think the Presidents Cup in general, it, it's certainly better than nothing this time of year. You know, which would be like the alternative to not having the Presidents Cup. Uh, I know that me, my whole thing of play the Ryder Cup every year will never happen, but. Um, it's entertainment. It is an exhibition. It's not like a steep and steep history rivalry, but it is. It is entertainment. It's. It's. You know, I still tuned in to watch it. I didn't watch in fifteen. I was protesting Kepka not getting selected on the team and Bill Haas or Jay Haas choosing his son. But we won't rehash that one. <laughs> uh, I just didn't want to watch it. This year was. I don't know. It was entertainment. I, I. I thought it was. It was okay. It was. It was an okay event and fun to watch, even if it's not that close. Yeah, it's sort of, um, you know, I I think it's so I I think there are a lot of people that watch the Ryder Cup who don't watch the President's Cup. Uh, Somebody was talking about this. I think it was uh, oh, it was it was Andy on on the fried egg. He was talking about how one of his buddies, he's like, I'm more of a Ryder Cup guy than anything. Like there are people that that watch only the Ryder Cup and maybe like the Masters, I think. And Mm -hmm. so if you're into the Ryder Cup, this is such a great event to see like. Hey, who am, who am I going to be rooting for next year? What what is Daniel Berger all about in 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 uh, in a team event? What is Justin Thomas all about in a team event? Uh, I I think that part of it not not that it's like a necessarily like a warm up for the Ryder Cup, but it is a sort of a preview of the future of American team golf. 
And I think that part of it is is super compelling. I mean, even to see somebody like Kevin Kisner, you're like, man, that guy would be awesome on a Ryder Cup team. He was he was great this week, by he the was, way. Him, he was so him, good. He carried Phil yeah. those first two days. <laughs> it, he did. I mean, he did. Phil hit some shaky shots. He really did. And Kisner was absolutely nails. Every time they put put him on TV, he was absolutely nails. I was so impressed by Kisner. That was one of the main things I wanted. To, I wrote down to hi, to highlight was how good Kisner was. His record, yeah. he was 2-0-2, ended up being because he kind of threw his match away, the singles match today. But, man, he was he was very impressive. And and Charlie Hoffman and Kevin Chappell were pretty good as well. That, that was uh, – I thought it was interesting that they got paired together. It it, it, it feels like, you know, the, the U.S. is sort of on this um, rotation of it's like, hey, you're not, you're not breaking into the speed read group. You're not – you know, maybe now that's the same thing with, with Justin Thomas and Ricky Fowler. Uh, so, so the new guys like are Charlie Hoffman and Kevin Kisner on the on the Ryder Cup team next year. I don't know, but whoever those two guys are, like maybe they just roll them out there together and and see what happens, and they can kind of create their own chemistry. The moment of the event was on seventeen on on Saturday when when Hoffman chips in and and uh, <laughs> and Chapel's caddy almost gets decapitated on the on the fringe. Oh, you got. Close line. Oh, I, I, it was so good. The video of that is so good. That whole celebration was just amazing. Waldo and Hoffman had the worst chest bump in golf history, which is saying something. That chip in, and then that was the, what followed. It was the Lahiri point. Like it was the that was the whole highlight of the entire weekend. Was that was that seventeenth hole Saturday afternoon? Um, what? No, yeah, they did. So of- Chapel was one, one, and one, and Hoffman was one and two. Is what I, how I had it. Um, so I thought they. I mean, they they were they were okay. I didn't think they were they were they didn't think they necessarily blew me away. Uh, that first they came out just banging on Friday. I think they won six and five, but uh, they didn't win any matches after that. But I mean, they were they were solid team members. That's kind of what you want on the on the back not the, you know the back end of your team. Let's just call it what they are. They were on the back end of the team and they performed they they performed adequately, most definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. What did you I think? Mean, of, the U.S. team, had, the U.S. team just had no guys drop the ball, and that's so important. You can't have that guy that goes zero and three, and they did not have that guy. That's that's just what crushed Europe in in at Hazeltine. That's what crushed the internationals. Is guys that just put, put up a big goose egg that just destroy you. And the U.S. did not have those guys. Sorry, what were you going to ask? Uh, well, I was going to ask. Well, we were talking about the ending there on seventeen. What do you think about the way that the uh, the course finished on 18 um just just Hmm. that closing hole did you like it or not no i didn't it was kind of it was such like a a par hole like it it wasn't it wasn't an easy par three and it wasn't like a really hard par three and it just i don't know it didn't set guys up to you know step up and really stick one because where they put those pins were very inaccessible and some guys hit really great shots on that hole today on sunday and you know the, you can't really get it close to that pin, and you want to give guys at least a chance to hit a great shot and get to that pin. And um, I don't know, no, it just it, everything that came down to the 18th hole was kind of a disappointment. Aside from Phil making that putt um, was it on Friday afternoon when they did the the three amigos celebration, which was just just a um, just making a mockery of the internationals at that point. Really, I mean, the faces. <laughs> The faces of the American players on the sideline when they went into that celebration were just priceless. Like they started to run out on the green and then they all froze and their jaws dropped and then they saw it and they started cracking up. That's when it was like, all right, guys, this is, this is, we are like, we're up 56 nothing and we just scored a touchdown and we just ran into the crowd. This is a bit, this is a I, bit too much. I thought the, uh, 
maybe the tweet of the week had had come from that um, celebration. I think it was during that celebration when, uh, or maybe it was the day before. I don't remember when uh, Phil made a putt and Tiger had his his fist raised in the background, and somebody yeah. tweeted it at us and said because Tiger was in his uh, his all white gear, <laughs> and they said that <laughs> Tiger was ready for his Arctic mission on Call of Duty. <laughs> I was, oh, I was crying. Up, runner up was that he was in shooter. He was Mark Wahlberg in shooter, just wearing the all white. Oh, it's so good. The Tiger. I love Tiger in these in these in these events, man. He really I really just think everything that he does in them is hilarious. He shows up just looking absolutely jacked, wearing like six different earpieces. I don't even know who he's talking to. <laughs> Everybody else is on that green. There's no one else he's sh- he's even on an earpiece with at that point. But uh he's so good for these teams. I really do think that. That's got to be such a I, I I might be overgeneralizing it, but there's kind of got to be a mini a little bit of an intimidation factor if you're on the opposing team when Tiger's standing there watching you hit, isn't there? Well, I I don't think it's that as much as it is kind of a, just a um, a confidence builder for the U.S. team. Like if yeah. if you're Daniel Berger and and freaking Tiger Woods comes up to you and is like, you know, whatever expletive lace thing he says to you, I mean, it's a maybe the best player of all time getting you getting you fired up for a, for this team event I, I think that is um that's invaluable and, and i think that it, it's been you know we it's so easy to joke about you know tiger and i, I saw somebody tweet that uh, a picture of him and obama and and obama uh like uh, the caption being that obama said my i'm, I'm good on security detail i don't i don't need any extra but like he's, it's so easy to joke about, but I think he has legitimately been um, beneficial to the U.S. team at at these events, and and I think he, I just think he's so into it. Like he, and and we've seen this, I think, in him trying to come back. He craves that companionship, that that friendship, because those are the only guys in the world that he can be like friends with and be normal with, and so. He's super into it. Um, he wants to. He wants to learn. He's gonna. He's gonna be a captain someday. And I don't know. I'm just. I'm a hundred percent in on Tiger being at these team events. Did you see Berger's interview on Saturday? Oh yeah. Like the, the, <laughs> he said, <laughs> and I quote: uh, "This is after they're up fourteen and a half to three and a half." Uh, said. I mean, our goal from the minute we got here was to crush them as bad as we can. I hope that we close them out today and we go out there tomorrow and beat them even worse. <laughs> oh, my God. Did, He's wit- is- he, this guy's witnessed murders before. <laughs> I mean, I, I, there there is so much <clears throat> self-righteousness in the sport of golf that, that, Oh, you got to do things this way or that. Like, I, that's great. Like, that's great. And, and it's, it's great if it doesn't um, get carried over to like, not like, like, like treating international team members like poorly on the course. And you saw him and Siwoo Kim today, they're fist bumping after, after Siwoo gives the, gives, you know, shushes the crowd. And like, right. It's, yeah. I think what and, and and this is something that I've kind of picked up on or or maybe just been made more aware of since from covering this stuff is like these guys are out there to compete, yes, but 
they're also out there partly for the show, for the entertainment aspect of it. And they know, they know, they understand that they're putting on a show. And um, I don't know. I, I love it. I, I, I thought that was fantastic. Kepka Kepka ended up going two and two, but that I felt like I was watching a guy that looked like a stalwart in these events. He was he was really steady. I don't I he, I don't know what happened. He was a couple up on Scott today, and he it looked like he had to concede several holes on the back nine today. I don't know how how he ended up losing to Adam Scott today, but and he lost his opening match. But in the middle, he played fantastic, and uh, just a guy that we can pencil in 100 percent for France. Uh, DJ was a machine four zero and one. Uh, we just got to go down the list. I mean, JT, we talked about how amazing he was, and he Matsuyama almost shot fifty nine today. He he was nine under through twelve holes, I think. And uh, yeah, JT just could not keep up with it. JT had like seven birdies first ten holes and was two down after ten. Uh, was, it was impossible. I was waiting for you to to start tweeting about how many downhill lies JT had, and and just you know how he couldn't he he couldn't get it going because of all the downhill lies. <laughs> I think he was trying to leave himself a couple down. That's a better. That's a good place you want to be. You want to be playing from behind. Um, what, what was your what, uh, what you, was your tour What was your tour sauce of the week? Oh my god! Um, it might be. Uh, I mean, there were so many. Siwoo's walk on one of his putts on Saturday. <laughs> I mean, the thing was barely halfway there, and I mean, it was one of the more impressive early walks on a putt that I've ever seen. Uh, JT had a really good one out of the bunker. He raised his club up, uh, and I walked in. I put a shot from the bunker that actually did go in. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if what Lahiri did counts. That was that was like that was like breaking the meter on the on the sauce meter. What <laughs> he did there, I think, I think that might be the number one. What was yours? Uh, mine was was it was a runaway winner. Was uh, Spieth saying that he missed his wedge shot on purpose on Friday? Um, or it might have been Saturday morning because he didn't want – because Reed had told him that he was going to do a belly flop in the lake if he hold out for the win. <laughs> and Mike Tirico called it when the ball was in the air. He said, if this goes in, they win the match. It almost it, – he almost jarred it, and then he, he spun it back, and he barely missed it coming back that way too. And afterwards he said – he said something like, uh, well, I was – you know." I, I wanted to protect the lake, so I, I knew I had to come close, but I, I wanted to, to kind of barely miss that one on purpose. I, I thought that was I thought that was pretty good. This was right around the time when Bones got on the mic and said Greller's going to want to start pulling some pins here on the back nine, which just that was that was all I needed to hear to make my to make my weekend. Um, how how good is Bones? Did- Oh, he's so good. Yeah, he's so. I, I said this. I tweeted this just about when we got the match. Got to the 18th hole on Friday. I'm getting my days of the week confused. I think it was Friday, but he just spelled out exactly what the guys were hitting and was like, "No, the, yeah. he's going to really need to step on this to get there." And like the guy would come up short with whatever hitting seven iron. Like he nailed all four guys in the clutch with on the 18th hole and really set the scene perfectly. Uh, I just thought uh, his addition is just fantastic. And NBC really does have like too much talent. They, uh, sometimes I forget they have Faraday. Like he doesn't, he's not on the mic that much. He doesn't talk that much. And you're like, Oh, that's right. They have Faraday. They've got, you know, I think Tariko is fantastic. Dan Hicks is probably my, the, the best at play by play. Johnny Miller's maybe the best at, 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 you know, kind of the color commentary. Um, it's 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 just a stacked stacked team. So, um, what do you think of Liberty National? Oh, I I don't know. I, I I don't. I'm not a huge like golf course architecture guy or anything like that. It, it, I thought it. 
I thought the visuals were great. I thought it looked cool. I mean, it, it looked good. I, I really, I, I didn't, I'm with you. I didn't love the ending. These, these courses are hard to set up because you don't know how many matches are going to get to the end or going to get to 18. Um, I thought, I thought the most sort of interesting hole in the course and it got highlighted as such, but I thought 10 was, was great. Cause it, it's almost yeah. like this, this par three that it's, it was almost its own little, just on an Island basically. Cause the, the course is everything leads up to it and then everything goes away from it. And it's just kind of on its own off the water and guys didn't know what to do there. There's wind coming off the water and, and there, there's a bunch of different options there. So I thought that part of it was cool. Um, I don't know. I mean, it looked like the same course that they play every week. You know, it, it was uh, other than like the backdrop. The backdrop was it got overstated, like we talked about, but it was it was really cool. Like to see guys, you know, doing the the Bash Brothers shoulder thing, like with the New York skyline in the background. That's that's pretty cool. Like if I was Kevin Chapel, I'd have that framed and and put in my. Uh, in my home office. So yeah, I, I thought it was, I thought it was fine. I, I, I don't, um, I, I don't know. I don't know if I like there being as much water as there was. I, I like, I like, I loved Hazeltine and these other courses that host these team events where you can score from anywhere and maybe that makes them too easy and, and whatever. That's what Justin Rose thinks. Um, but <laughs> But I, I, that's that's the whole point of match play, right? Is that you can score from anywhere. Maybe that's why Phil's so good at it. And, and it felt like it just felt like guys were hitting it in the water a ton. And um, I don't know. I don't know if I love that part of it. Yeah, I, I think if you take the the course away from New York City skyline, it leaves a lot to be desired. And I, and I'm but I'm yeah. kind of okay with that for an exhibition event like this in a match play event yeah. where. The course doesn't need to be the greatest test. It just kind of needs to be fun. I just didn't, I didn't think it was that fun, but I can totally understand the thought process behind going for like the New York crowd, the New York City vibe. I just don't think they got that atmosphere out there. I thought I think they were. It's nothing like what Beth Page is going to be like in 2024. And, and maybe maybe I just don't know New York well enough. And, and maybe like the New York City crowd isn't that what that wild New York crowd that we're kind of used to seeing, like at Shinnecock and at Beth Page. But there just did there wasn't that whole New York craziness to the week. That's at least that's the feeling I got. Again, we weren't there, but usually that thing kind of that 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 atmosphere kind of shines through on TV, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, I agree. And and you know, I think I don't know. I think part of that, like, it it would be totally different if it was a Ryder Cup. I think you would be. I think you would be saying maybe maybe the opposite. Like, oh, that was crazy. You know, like it just gets it gets exacerbated because it's a Ryder Cup and. You know, I, I think that um, the other thing that that was kind of weird to me is how all the par fives were on the front nine. I, I didn't I didn't love that. I I, I thought Hazeltine last year was was uh, was great because it had the, you know, you had the par five late like on sixteen where uh, your your corpse laid after after Rory bowed after making eagle, where <laughs> we the chalk outline of Chris Solomon on the sixteenth <laughs> hole, but. I, I didn't love that that Liberty National didn't have any any par fives on the back because that just I, I don't know par fives are are they become so interesting during match play. First of all, every course should end or every tournament should end on a par, on a par five, but it's even more so during match play, and and you didn't get that this week. 
Yeah, it was that that part was missing a bit, but uh, I'm pumped to see them go back to Royal Melbourne. I remember the 2011 Presidents Cup being awesome. I know it's less than ideal viewing time for the U.S., but that's a gol- that's a world class golf course, and should I think it'll just be a better event. It should be closer. Uh, being on international soil, I don't know if that necessarily gives the internationals an advantage, but there's not that home home field advantage for the U.S. Uh, and I just think that's just a fantastic. If you're going to take it overseas rather than take it to like a Jack Nicholas course to go to to go to Royal Melbourne, that that got me pretty amped up for 2019. When I, I I'd be I'd be ready to kind of trash the future of this event if they didn't pick Royal Melbourne. So I'm really pumped about that. So and I'm heading there in at the end of November. So I'm really excited about that as well. You don't want them to go back to Gainesville, Virginia. I'm good on that for now. <laughs> Check back with me maybe in a in a couple months, but. Uh, and the one thing I want to note too is just I kind of felt for uh, I know how much hard work goes into it from the PGA Tour's perspective, and I know that the tour employees really sing the high praises of that event, and then I know it's their 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 staple event, and that the, so much work goes into it. I, I for their sake, I felt bad that it was so uncompetitive and kind of gets trashed in that regard. But um, yeah, it's there's not really much more to say from that that end other than I know a lot of work goes into that event and a lot of the players had a lot of fun and I know it's that it's, it's never going to be the Ryder Cup unfortunately that's that's what we always will compare it to but uh, I don't know it was a fun fun event otherwise so um, are we ready to talk uh, Ryder Cup because it's time it's 362 I've, days I'm, away I've I've already got my my rosters are are being constructed. Um, Big Cat is 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 watching tape as we speak on on Patrick Cantlay his his amateur match play career. Um, yeah, let's let's do it. I'm I'm excited. I, so I threw out a, a trash talking tweet as I'm as I'm apt to do um, just about <laughs> next year, and I just said to the to the Ryder, the European Ryder Cup. I said I know what you just witnessed, and we're probably going to add Patrick Cantlay to that mix too. Um, and people also can forget. My the point was like, look, that's the international team we just threw out there, and we're probably going to be adding to it. I know Europe's going to be adding players too, but uh, the team that won seventeen and eleven didn't have JT and 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 Daniel Berger on it. Those are the two guys that I'm kind of willing that that weren't on the sixteen team that I'm willing to pencil in for eighteen. JT's a lock. I think Berger's a very likely player on that team. Um, adding that, and then a full season of Patrick Cantlay, which I think we're just just. People aren't like Jamie Kennedy responded saying something about him being the 70th ranked player in the world. I'm like, all right, he's been injured and is just now arriving to the tour. Like people, I'm not, I'm not sure people understand what we're about to see from this guy if he stays healthy, uh, and just kind of how unbelievably stacked this team is. That a team that didn't you know, won 17 11 that didn't have JT and Berger on it last year. I know the Europeans are adding Rom. They're not adding. They're they're not getting as strong as we are. And what Rory said on the podcast last week, like kind of rings with me like about he he offered that up we talked about president's cup he offered up that europe is going to be really up against it for the next decade was what he said i mean that i'm surprised that people weren't making a bigger story out of rory saying that yeah i mean i don't know if you've heard but the class of 2011 is is pretty good at golf uh tell me more that um i i it's going to be interesting because like I said earlier and and you alluded to this, like you've got your top seven or eight or whatever. And my question is how do you fill in the bottom four? Is it going to be guys that have great years? Is it going to be, um, I don't know, uh, 
James Hahn like wins three tournaments next year or or is it going to be your legacy guys of like hey Snedeker like almost won this tournament he's been on teams before um you, you know guys like that I, I that's Zach Johnson you know people like that Webb Simpson guys that have been there before I, I I'm really interested to see how they fill out the bottom of the roster because like we've talked about that's that's where the that's where the event is won or lost is with your 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 last three guys, so to speak, your last four guys. And, um, I mean, it, like you said, like a year is a long time. It's, it's a long time for, I mean, Peter Uline might be the number 12 player in the world this time next year. I have no idea. I, I mean, if he keeps playing like he is, he, he will be, but, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, think of like the, the U S roster next year could be like 11 players under 33 or 32, and Phil, like that might be the roster, you know, it, like the Bubba DJ Snedeker. will be like 34, I think, but yeah, I yeah. get your point. But yes. Yeah. The, the, no, the Bubba Snedeker Kuchar. Well. Yeah. I, I don't know. It, yeah. it just, it feels like we've entered this new, like 20, you know, 20 something, like it's going to be made up of 20 somethings next time. So here's the nine guys that I penciled in as locks with, with quotes around it, just because injuries can happen. Guys can completely fall off the map. A lot of things can happen, but Spieth, DJ, JT, Kepka, Ricky, Phil, Kucher, Berger. And you know, maybe I shouldn't include Berger as a lock, but I think it's it's likely that 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 I think it, that at least eight of those nine guys are gonna be there for for whatever reason. And then you mix and you don't know who that who those next like three or four guys are gonna be. We're gonna be talking about this in, in eleven months when they actually make the picks, because we still won't know who those guys are gonna be. A this ton is, of guys could, hey, could arrive. The, this is like when they showed the FedEx Cup standings at the at the Safeway <laughs> Open. <laughs> I did not reference the Ryder Cup standings. First of all, I, I did not I actually looked at them today, and Brian Harmon's on the team. But I, well, not to make fun of Brian Harmon, but like the, the standings are actually pretty hilarious right now. But um, it could be Brian Harmon. He could have a good. He could win twice next year and bake the team. And I mean, it could be Cantley. It could be Uline. It could be. Charlie Hoffman, it could be Kevin Kisner again, it could be Chapel, it could be Kyle Stanley, there's a t- Xander Shoffley, Bryson DeChambeau, it could be any of those guys. I feel very confident to say that like three of those guys or guys in that class are going to emerge and make it pretty easy. And there's not going to be a Brett Wetterick on the team. They're, they're just that's just how deep American golf is right now. And so having that that such a strong core that has proven themselves that has won as a team at the Ryder Cup and now just demolished the team as a President's Cup, filling in that back end is not a concern to me. And I know that that's where we'll be stronger than than Europe in in 2018. So I'm confident if you can't tell. Yeah, I did you include Reed in your nine? By the way, yes, I did. Okay. Um, yeah, here's the, the captain. Thing. Yeah, I included the captain. <laughs> I want the Ryder Cup to start like tomorrow. I really, do. I just freaking I love do. it so much. Um, here, here's here's what's sort of taking place, and I don't know why this is taking place. I don't know if it, it's a long term thing, but you have your Henrik Stenson's and. Um, <clears throat> Justin Roses and those guys are sort of not even not Rose but Lee Westwood those guys that are that are all timers like all time Ryder Cuppers and and they're exiting they're they're on the way out more or less not next year or the year after but but soon and I I don't know who from Europe is entering that space like 
maybe maybe it'll be somebody that we don't know. Maybe 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 it's Matthew Fitzpatrick, but it's just you you don't get the feeling that there are, there are guys coming in in the same way that there are guys coming in for the U.S. And guess what? The U.S. guys that are coming in, they're they're superior to the guys that are exiting. The the um, the the Bubba's and and the the uh, Bill Haas's and the Snedeker's. Not that those guys are bad players. I, I don't think they are. But the guys that are coming in to replace them, they might be all timers. Justin Thomas might be one of the twenty best players that's ever lived. I, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to play out. And so whoa whoa I just, whoa whoa. I just think what? get off of, get mean, off my boy here. This is my territory. Is is that not his trajectory right now? Uh, I'm just saying you're kind of infringing on my territory here. Let me get carried away. That's my role on this podcast. <laughs> but so, so the, the guys entering for the U.S. are better than the guys exiting. And I think on the European side, the guys exiting are better than the guys entering. So I think when, when you add all that up, I mean, the U.S. is going to be a heavy favorite, I think, in, in Paris. With the exception, I agree with you. With the exception of Rom, I think Rom is a potential number one yes. player in the world. Yes, and, you're right. Uh, not just because we're best friends, because we played in the pro am together. But uh, <laughs> uh, but I, so I, I you know there's there, Peters is there. But I go back to saying the he was a part. He was a dominant part of the team that lost seventeen eleven. And I mean, so let's let's pencil. I know it doesn't work this way, but if we pencil Thomas Peters in for five and zero on the next team, anything less than what he did la- did in ha- at Hazeltine is going to hurt the team. If he goes three and two, that is a point that they've theoretically lost. So I, again, he could dominate again next year. Tommy Fleetwood could be a future excellent Ryder Cup player. People are sliding in my in my replies with Alex Noren, uh, Rafa Cabrera Bayo. Like they, they there are players, but there's not. They don't have the JT guy. At least they don't appear to. Uh, they don't have the JT guy. They don't quite have the guy. I, and I, I don't know. I don't want to put Berger quite in that class yet. But uh, I don't know. I'm just I'm, I'm I'm maybe irrationally confident right now. But the part that got to me was the euros that were sliding in my mentions talking trash about right you guys don't get you don't get to talk trash anymore all right i had some mentions about the 06 Ryder cup team anymore guess what those demons have been exercised like you can't yeah. you can't be like uh oh the european i know jamie kennedy was just joking with me but oh we won the last five on european soil this is a different this is a different era it's a different teams that we're that we're coming over with and uh, hunter mayhan is not walking through that door we're not coming over there with keegan bradley <laughs> and these guys i mean it's gonna be totally totally different and and i know it's probably overreacting to one rider cup but it's a trend it's not just the the one rider cup result which was dominant uh it's it's that we've got some guys coming in even even behind these guys and i, I again it's trash talking we, that leave that to us now you can't you can't until you win another one the, the cup is ours and you can't say anything i'm sorry that's how it goes here are some names of some young guys uh, from Europe that are are potentially filling like the the JT spot for the U.S. You've got um, Terrell Hatton, Matthew Fitzpatrick, uh, Danny Willett, uh, Chris Wood. Um, I, I don't like who who's who's scary out of that group. Like I, I j- I'm I'm totally with you, and and I think that. Um, I just I'm so excited about it. Phil was talking about it like three and a half seconds after the President's Cup ended. He said, you know, Paris next year, it's a it's I want to be on that team. It's what she's going to be. But it's a big deal because he was like, we haven't won there in 25 years. You know, Phil's never won there. Phil's never won a Ryder Cup in Europe. And what a cool 
not that that's his last team event, but what a cool sort of um, last thing to conquer in, in your career besides the U.S. Open, I guess, um, for, for him to go over there and, and, and potentially win that event. And, yeah, I, I'm uh, I'm fired up. I can't wait. Let's Let's play it next week. If I haven't gotten far enough ahead of myself, I want to reiterate what I said last spring, which was that the U.S. was going to win the 16 Ryder Cup, 16 and a half, 11 and a half. They ended up winning by more than that. And I said the U.S. is going to win four of the next five Ryder Cups. I thought France might be in doubt, but I think we'll win 20, we'll win 24, and I think we'll win in 22 in Rome. I think if the U.S. wins in France, that they're going to win five straight, five straight Ryder Cups. Have I gotten far I mean, enough I, carried I away yet? <laughs> We're talking about There's Rome. No, like, <laughs> no Europeans left listening to this, by the way. They are signed off. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, yeah I, there's, I've, I'm, there's so many things going through my head right now. I, I, you've given me so much, so much information. You can think about I, it. I don't. Well, we have five more Ryder Cup podcasts to record. So between now and the end of this I, year. So. <laughs> I'm so curious to see what they do with the. Um, with the captaincies, you know, and, and I mean, her, d- d- does Jim Furyk being the captain next year concern you at all? No, it's a system. Uh, whoever the whoever the, cap- the the official captain is, I see more as having to do the media shuffle for it, and I don't yeah. think that you know it's kind of a figurehead. It really, I really do feel that way. And if Tiger's going to be one of the assistants, if you know, if Freddie may be one of the assistants, if Love's going to be one, I think it's just a total system that they have. I think those guys enjoy doing it. And, uh, and yeah, I, 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 Fjord doesn't, does not worry me. Yeah. I, Famous I agree. Less words. <laughs> I, I think, I think that it, yeah, I think that it has become sort of like, um, like team USA basketball, you know, like it's, it's a system. The same coaches are there now. They don't, they don't like shuffle it around, but it, it's, it's different in golf because you, you don't really have a coach like telling players how to hit shots and, and, you know, what to do and stuff like that. So, I'm with you. I, I'm. I'm. I can't wait to see like which Ryder Cups Phil and, and and Tiger captain. I think. I think your dream, our dream of Phil ca- being a playing captain is alive. Uh, it, picking himself to be on the team. It, it's. It's like literally the worst thing in the world if Furyk does it, and it's the best thing in the world if Phil ever does it. Like it's the greatest thing ever. So, uh, yeah. I mean, the U.S. is. Uh, it seems like they're set up for. A, a long time but i mean i don't know man things can change you know like jt can can lose his touch with the putter like pe- people can get injured like stuff happens so it's i don't know it's a long way from now apparently there's stuff going on in this press conference right now that we're missing out on so i don't know what it is but apparently it got pretty funny but so we're recording this on sunday evening and so if there's reaction if there's press conference stuff that we're missing out on apologies but uh i want to talk a bit about the tv coverage and for once we're not ripping on your employer so i think you're safe to talk about it but uh (laughs) i was i was a little disappointed with nbc and golf channel this week i'm not gonna lie i thought they uh abuse the commercials i thought it significantly impacted the viewer experience i know a lot of people a lot of our followers were saying the same thing and um it there's no excuse for the amount of shots that were missed in key moments and uh i do kind of appreciate the playing through and doing commercials on the side but the main takeaway when watching that was just i mean if you're trying to i'm not a grow the game guy but if you're trying to bring in people to watch golf and grow grow golf this event doesn't do it with the way it's covered. And I think that 
for as much as this gets this gets you know pimped as the flagship event for the for the tour i was just extremely disappointed in the coverage and it, it was evident from the get-go and i thought it meant you know maybe they're going to pound commercials early and go commercial free late and they did not and it just ugh, it, it 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 was inhibitive to the experience yeah the playing through thing seemed great during the open and then it didn't seem great this week for whatever reason. I don't know if it was the timing or because it was a team event or what. I loved it during the open. I thought it was awesome. And then this week it didn't it didn't resonate as much. By the way, apparently Dustin Johnson stood on a chair at the press conference. Are you seeing this? No, I'm not. And said, I'm Siwoo shaking that ass on top of oh a chair my. at the press conference. <laughs> <laughs> what this in reference is, to? I, I I have no idea. That is a out of context tweet from Jason Sobel. So uh, he said, "I see you shaking that ass." Uh, okay, which oh, is, is the second? Like, oh, I see you, baby, shaking that ass. Maybe that is that the play uh, on words. Yeah, yeah, maybe so. It, it's the second best thing he's done at a at a team press conference in the last two years. After last year's uh, <laughs> popping of the popping of the champagne and yelling four left into the into the. <laughs> DJ was hammered 45 minutes after the last putt of, of the event last year. It was so impressive to get that drunk before that press conference because it was almost immediately after the after uh, they set that they clinched it. Um, but you're not. I'm not letting you weasel out of your my, your thoughts on the uh, television coverage. No, I I I, I think that um, I I don't know. I, I'm the bones thing is is great. I, I thought their on course guys were um, were really good. You know, I, I thought that they. Uh, provided a lot of a lot of good context. Um, uh, the in the booth guys are are also great. Uh, I love Dan Hicks. I think he's fantastic. Uh, Johnny Johnny is uh, I, 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 Johnny's the best. Like he's like people hate him and and whatever. And I think I think there, there are times when like he doesn't um, he doesn't do his homework, and that's a little bit frustrating because he's just like saying things, and you're like that that's like just statistically false. Like that's not even, that's not even close, you know? Um, but when he combines he, like a good take with uh, something that's um, like statistically relevant, then that's, that's when he's at his best. And I, and I thought he did that uh, really well this week. So yeah, I mean, it, it was, it was, uh, it was good. I don't have any like super hot or, or cold takes about the, uh, about the coverage. All right. All right. I'll let you off with that then. Um, uh, one thing I meant to say, I, I tweeted this earlier, but foursomes is way better as a viewer than four ball. I think it's just awesome format. Alternate yes. shot is it's great. Yes. It's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I had a lot of fun watching that. It's better in person too. It just moves faster and uh, it's, it's, it's a great format. I used to hate it. Maybe because the U S always lost it by a ton in the Ryder cut, but uh, it was, that was a really fun. And I wrote down that Twitter is the worst and that's kind of all the notes I had for today. So, uh, yeah. is there anything we missed? I, I, well, Twitter is the worst. Like I, I just, I, I, here's the problem. If, if you'll allow me, um, Twitter is the best in that you and I are, are legitimately friends uh, mm-hmm. because of Twitter and you know, I know people have talked about this a ton, but it, it it's the worst because of everything else, <laughs> you know, like it, it's, uh, I don't know, like just, it's, it's terrible. Um, what, what was the thing you had before the, Oh, foursomes. Here, here's why foursomes is great is because like, so we've talked a lot, you know, Andy at the Friday egg and, and 
and uh, Sean Martin and all those guys are really big on um, having options, having like, like the compelling thing about a golf course is to have, is to build a golf course that provides you with a lot of uh, strategic options. And that's the difference between foursomes and, and four ball is that in foursomes, you have to have a strategy. Like you, like there's so many different decisions you have to make. And, and that stuff, the, the fun thing about, about watching team golf is, is watching guys interact in a way that, that you don't see normally. And, 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 and so we like guys making long putts, but we like the celebration between two team members more than the long putt. Right. And so I just, I think that the, the foursomes provides so many more strategic options than uh, just guys playing their own ball and kind of being, you know, they're just on the, whole, the same hole at the same time, but they're, but they're still just playing their own ball. And I think that's why, that's why you like it better. That's why I like it better. I, I thought it was, uh, and it, it's also shorter, like the four, the four ball or the, uh, yeah, the four ball takes forever. It was like six yeah. hour rounds. It was brutal. Um, so yeah, I like the, I like the way they breeze around in the, in the foursomes. Apparently in the press conference, DJ asked a question to Jordan. I got a question for you. How does it feel to be Owen five in singles? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't wish, I don't regret not going to the event. I regret not being here for this press conference because it sounds lit, but, uh, um, all right, it's Sunday night. Uh, thank you, Kyle, for your time. I know you've got you got your own podcast these days, and uh, you got to rehash a lot of these takes for that. So make sure you guys uh, check out check that out. And uh, is there anything else we missed? Um, Safeway sure Open preview. Um, yeah, I'm really I'm pumped. I'm I'm actually super <laughs> pumped for Asia. I'm going to the Asian swing, uh, and I'm really actually excited for that. I, I can't wait to see what golf is like in that part of the world and to go to a tournament there. And so I'm going to skip the Safeway. I'm not going to be too involved in that one, but um, expect some heavy coverage from us on uh, on uh, Malaysia and South Korea and maybe China. We're still figuring out China, but uh, that's going to be awesome. I can't wait. I'm I've got a lovely seven hour flight to London and then 14 hours to Kuala Lumpur from there. So it's good. To, uh, it's a good little itinerary. I don't know why we fly you, east to get there, but apparently we do. Are you presenting JT with his third straight CIMB trophy? <laughs> I was going to see if Jimmy wants the, the week off and, and right. <laughs> if he wanted to take me on the back. <laughs> So, uh, but yeah, I think uh, I, I want a lot to talk about with the President's Cup and, and we didn't do a preview of it. So it was good to catch up. And, uh, and I think we hashed it out and made everybody in Europe hate us even more. And uh, yeah. we're ready to go for, for France. That's great. I so, love it. A hundred. So, you made it. Made it 100. So thanks for yeah. helping me Con- get there along the way. We couldn't have got here without you. So it was only right that, uh, that you were here for 100. And uh, we'll speak again soon, buddy. Yeah, dude. Congrats on the success. It's been uh, it's been awesome to watch. Talk to you soon. Thanks, man. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Expect anything.